are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Friday, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast. All right, here's the deal. We only look forward on this show. We don't look back. So, Except when we do. Except when we do. Got a big game coming up tomorrow, Arizona-USC. Schuster has been talking about for a while, and I tend to agree with him, that USC is going to be a very, very fascinating matchup for Arizona, first and foremost because of how long USC is and how active they are. I agree with John Schuster on this. Oh, by the way, the show's brought to you by First Listen. Um... You've uh, you've had your eyes. You've been gl- you've been uh, looking uh, longingly at U.S. Or, Longing. Long, let's go with I guess longingly. longingly sure. Technically, sure. Let's, I mean, they let, are long and athletic. They are that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So maybe that. Yeah. But Schuster, talk about a little bit about your uh, your concerns. It's because of that. Uh, uh, they are. You know, Arizona is accustomed to being the the taller team on the floor. Mm -hmm. And against UCLA, that's not going to be the case. Right. At least at every position, especially on the inside and at some points on the wing. Mm -hmm. USC is going to—USC is a problem. They're athletic, and they have length. Mm -hmm. And Arizona in the half court is going—very, very easily could struggle with that. Mm -hmm. And I think this is— this is a very interesting matchup and one of those games where I think the Cats are going to have to fight through offensive woes. Because mm-hmm. UCLA, uh, USC rather, is going to make this ugly. Right. And they have the ability to do that. And if Arizona gets frustrated on the offensive end, this can be one of those games where the Cats, who have been able to impose what it is that they want to do on a more consistent opponent to the opposition than the other way around, right. uh, could struggle. And that could be, and, and then we see how good their fortitude is mm-hmm. uh, coming into this matchup past that. Is it a game they can win? Of course. Uh, our, our good friend Anthony Gimino some time ago on another platform made the point that he thought UCLA was a tougher matchup for Arizona only because UCLA is better than USC. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. I think, UC, I think, I think UCLA's <laughs> better than USC, but from a matchup standpoint, I think USC's a real problem. And You look at it from a more nuanced... Yeah, a, well, I, I, I do. Longingly a, from a nuanced... Nuanced perspective. But the thing about it, too, is that when in situations like this, you always want to be a harbinger of honesty, a harbinger of truth. And I think what you're getting at right here is that styles make fights. Yeah. I know. Well, it's certainly going to be a fight for Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that style does not necessarily benefit the U of A. Right. And if USC has seen the model, and I'm sure they have, right. it helps that they play this way anyway. Right. They're going to try to be physical against Arizona on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to disrupt their passing game. And uh, the length allows them to do that. Right. And... And that's going to mean that Arizona's going to have, I think Arizona's going to go through a lot of pockets in this matchup where things aren't looking good, aren't going well. Uh, SC can challenge shots at a lot of spots on the floor. And uh, Arizona's going to have to work its way through some patches where this becomes an ugly game as opposed to what we've become more accustomed to, Arizona playing a little bit more free flow trying to get things going uh, on the defensive end, scoring easy, forcing turnovers, getting rebounds, and and making basketball look aesthetically enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I don't think aesthetically enjoyable benefits USC. So in this matchup, I expect it to be 
you know, if you want to talk about styles make fights, if it's a pretty game, Arizona wins. Right. If it's an ugly game, maybe it doesn't. Do you want to say, well, let me ask you this. Do you think, does, uh, yeah, I, I would agree with everything you just said there. I was going to ask you something too, but let's, let's, let's do this first. Get upside. USC's got plenty of upside. You watch this team, they're long, they're athletic. Arizona, lots of upside too. You know what, though, that I can't guarantee that they have? The Get Upside app. Here's what they need to do. They need to get the Get Upside app and then code word uh, score. Since we are a college network, a lot of people think that we're pros since we're clearly pros, but that's what you need to do. You need to get the uh, Get Upside app, put all that in there, and then you are good to go, my friend. Everything is good to go. You get 25 cents off per gallon. Make it happen. Make it work. We'll be right back with you. I have any, I have a question to ask John Schuster. That Just recall, a question is the only thing you can ask. That's a very good point. Come back with us. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast. With John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Does Andy Enfield get enough credit? Oh, hell no. People, like, never talk about Andy Enfield doing a good job. And he does a pretty pretty damn good job there. There there was, I remember this quote um, 35 years ago. Uh, about Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. And it was something to the effect, I can't remember who said it, but another coach or announcer said some, something to the effect of Pat Riley gets more credit for being the most underrated coach in the history of the NBA. <laughs> right. and, and, and I feel like when it comes to us talking about the Pac-12 right. and talking about USC, we always talk about, right. rightfully, but we always talk about how Enfield... How Enfield and USC are undervalued in right. this conference. All he does is win 25 games a year. Right. Uh, last year, and I know last year was a little wonky, but they made a deep tournament run. They've got the pieces together to do the same this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a problem. They're good. He recruits well. USC doesn't get anywhere near the publicity it mm-hmm. deserves right. in terms of, you know, in terms of its success. But if they continue to get good players, eventually that's going to change and they're going to force you to earn it. Yeah. They're going to force you to mention them. Right. Because and, last and it year makes I, the conference better. Right. I mean, last year you made the Elite Eight. Um, you know, last, like I said, last year you made the Elite Eight. You're going to be a higher seed this year in the NCAA tournament. It just seems to me like when you look at it, he probably he probably should uh, get more uh, credit than he really gets. And, Absolutely. Uh, and I th- the difference, honestly, between USC and Oregon isn't much. Right, for As sure. much as we like Oregon, mm-hmm. as much as we think Altman's an outstanding coach and has built a really good program there, when you look at tournament runs, there's a lot of similarity between the two. Right, for sure. SC's, SC's Enfield's done a remarkable job at a place that has an inconsistent right. track record. Mm-hmm. And he has made SC about as consistent as it's been for an extended period of time, then really at any then time any, I can recall. any time that I can recall. I yeah. mean, think about it. When, when has USC actually ever been really this good? I mean, this uh, consistently for, yeah, good. This can, I'm not sure it has right. for this num- number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're looking way back into the Westfall Bibby era. Mm-hmm. And I mean when Bibby played. Right, yes. Not, you know, at least in, the, in, the, in that Westfall era when they were, uh, you know, when, you, when, when USC strung together a bunch of good teams, but at that point in time, this is how far back we're talking, uh, they were, you know, it was in the era when there were eight teams that went to the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and UCLA always won the conference. Right. So right. SC never got into the tournament. Right. Uh, now, 
you, you, now those SC teams would be two or three seats. Right, right. You know, so so it was an entirely different animal then. But they are. Uh, he's done. Uh, Enfield's done a remarkable job there, mm-hmm. and and they are a problem. And when they get into the tournament, like a lot of t- like the top tier teams in this league, I think all four of them can be a real mess for tournament opposition because mm-hmm. they create matchup unpredictability. Right. They have unique matchup characteristics that make it that that if you haven't seen them or haven't prepared for it, that can be a problem in a one-game scenario. Mm-hmm. And so I expect SC to have a good tournament run along with the other top-tier teams in this league as well. Uh, but against Arizona, I think that they, they can definitely give Arizona problems. Right. The issue, I think, in this matchup, and, and while we're talking up USC and SC's ability to be pesky on defense, we tend to also forget that Arizona plays good defense as mm-hmm. well. And USC has can have issues on the offensive right. end. And, and if Arizona is up to the challenge on the defensive end, they may be able to do enough on the other side of the court to get a W. Right. And that's, and that's where I think a lot of this comes down to. I would, I would be generally surprised if this game is in the 80s. Right. And if it is, I think Arizona's got an excellent chance to get the W. Mm-hmm. But if this is in the 60s or the 70s, and that sounds outrage, that sounded more outrageous two weeks ago than right. it does now. Right. Now we've seen an Arizona team that has struggled on the offensive end as teams have figured out how right. to negate their transition game. Uh, but I can see USC wanting this to be a lower scoring game and having the athletes to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So it may be up to Arizona to match that challenge on the defensive end themselves. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff that they're going to have to actually match. Let me tell you the one, one thing, though, that they're going to have to match, and that is pulling up the reads right here the built bar usc built bar these guys look like they i mean when you look at them they look the part they look like they have built bar what say you because i'm confirmed i mean sometimes less words are more effective correct i really don't need to add to that right you've mentioned usc looks like a very physical team more importantly you've mentioned built bar right and by the way in case, lest we forget, you mentioned a Built Bar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you mentioned the blueberry muffin flavor right. of Built Bar. Which is the best in one. In addition to some of the other flavors that you might also like, but Built Bar. Right. There you go. In case we forget, Built Bar. Yes, exactly. And I'm looking at USC. Well, you know what? Let's take a quick break. I'm looking at USC's run right now with coaches, and I know that everybody loves George Raveling, but he made the tournament twice in nine seasons at uh, USC. That doesn't do it. Raveling was nowhere near as consistent and, 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 as yes. and Enfield has and been. I'm trying to think. Was there anybody? Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm just I, to... I don't think SC, because Bibby was there for a while, right. uh, and I don't think they were particularly consistent during his tenure. I think they had some good years. They made the years. tournament three times in nine years. Okay. Certainly not Andy Enfield. No, certainly not Enfield. You've got to, I, I believe you have to go back to the early, late 60s and early 70s to see a string of USC teams that were really good and stacked up big-time numbers. Right. right. Uh, and, and, and so you, we, don't have to do, we don't like doing a lot of math on this show, but you're talking about 50 years. Right. And, 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 and that's a testament to what Enfield has been able to do and the consistency he's been able to bring to the program. And does he deserve more credit for doing that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Fortunately, he gets credit from us on this podcast for the job that he's done. Yes, and you know what, Andy? And I think that's probably what matters to Andy Enfield, though. But, all right, let's go, because we don't look back, we only look forward. 
Give me your prediction. Oh, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, 71-67 SC. Right. 71 I just said SC. All right, yeah. I think yeah. SC's going to win. All right, you're back in the U. I'd rather not. Right, but, but I know. I'm going to go Arizona 76, USC 74. Ooh, very close game. Oh, a nail biter. Right. A weekend nail biter. Right. right. You know, when on the weekend where there's no football, mm-hmm. you might as well get excitement from something. Right. So it might as well be a nail biter with Arizona basketball going head to head with SC. Oh, by the way, real quick, I think there, before we sign off, there's one coach that we didn't mention that actually, hold on, did I want to make sure that he did because I want I don't want to look stupid here. Hold on. All right, hold on, hold on. Um, Mike Lucas counting. Yeah, that's never a good thing. Um, I just want to make sure that Mike Guy, hold on, didn't because I don't want to. I don't. I'll I'll feel terrible, mm-hmm. and I won't be able to sit with myself through the weekend. Oh man, that oh <laughs> that'll be difficult. Okay, let's. I'm oh, just making boy. sure to see what. Uh huh. I knew it. Yeah. Kevin O'Neill, four years at USC. Mm hmm. 19 and 35 in conference, 45 and 61 overall. But guess what? That second year, it was that magical run to the first four play-in game in the NCAA tournament. Those are Enfield-esque numbers. Those are Enfield-esque mm-hmm. numbers or Kevin O'Neill-esque if, numbers. If it hadn't have been for KO, would Enfield have ever taken that job? I don't think he did. Yeah, I I, you, you, you know, you've got to set you got to set the foundation somewhere, right? You know, and and. and that's a foundation setter, right? That that's certainly a foundation. Right. It's kind of like a foundation in bedrock sometimes, but it is a foundation. Foundations start somewhere, even if they're slightly underground. All right. Well, there you go. You got our predictions. You got everything you need. Thanks for listening to Locked On Wildcats.